This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. That was the call on TNT last night. You all are already fist pumping for the 8 o'clock hour. Here on Sean and RJ, we are live from Radio Row in Vegas for the final show brought to you by Best Buy Windows and Siding and the Low T Center on DFW Sports Station. Mavs beat the Knicks, who were depleted with eight, seven players after their trade yesterday that all of New York is excited about getting Bogdanovich. Uh, Luka goes off, gets that win at the Garden, but the Dallas Mavericks, they are active as well. As they add, yesterday uh, at the end of our show, they go and get a big man from D.C. and Daniel Gafford. Um, Mavericks who have averaged 11, 8, 2 blocks and a steal in a season of franchise history. It's just Daniel Gafford. That from Mavs Muse. And then the bigger name is P.J. Washington. As they give up the Grant Williams experiment, a first-round pick, and Seth Curry. So the Mavs add a big, and they get P.J. Washington as well. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reports Luka was very enthusiastic about P.J. There are rumors out there from Shams that they're looking to add Spencer Dinwiddie as well. Mavericks are the only team in the NBA this year with four players with a 40-plus point game this season on their team. Kyrie, Luka, P.J., and... Did, uh, did the Hardaway have one? Good job, Ralph James Choppy. He had 30 like a bunch of nights lately. Yeah. Close to it. So how is everyone else? Well, before we get to the grades, let's add one more thing. I mean, the Grant Williams thing is already done. It's over. That quick. Yeah, it was quick. Holy that, crap. That, that's, a, that's a 50 sign. Games. Huh? 50 games. That, that was yeah. it. What's the last big name signing in DFW that fizzled out this quick? Ooh, if we're signing not a trade, because Rondo would be the one that jumps to mind as one that just like was over like that. Uh, Lamar Odom, Roy Williams was quick. He didn't. He didn't. He, he was. He, he didn't leave quickly, but we wanted him out quick. Um, did Did Rondo or Lamar get this money? Grant's money, like blew, I think, blew both of them away. I have to go so back Lamar, and look at the deals. They were both trades. Lamar was an offseason trade. Rondo was a midseason one. But they were, I mean, they both turned really quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Th- those are the ones that stand out to me. I'm trying to think of, yes. Yeah, because Brandon Carr yeah. was not this bad. No. He Ra- played. Rafe. Rafe was, I mean, he was just 
that was the they, they didn't sign him. It but a free agent contract. signing, contract. a free agent signing with this much money, gone half a year, half a year, finished and over with. And Tim McMahon said this on his Brian Windhorse podcast. Oh well, the Mavericks were determined to part ways with Grant Williams after he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, notably. He also switched his basketball sneakers from Luca's to Jason Tatum's signature oh. shoes. Oh, crossed yeah. up, crossed Luca. St- wow. I made, oh, watch this chop is going to go uh, off. On that me. is Jesus. That is just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, there are people who have signature shoes that don't even wear their own shoe because they don't like them. Like, I, come I, on. I, I get how it could seem <laughs> a little. Like I love Rodrigo Tolo. You can't be a nuisance and also be a scrub. You got to oh. pick one. Yeah, you, yeah. you got you to pick one. There, there is no doubt. Nine nine seven two hit it in DFW. Not Mavericks, but Pac Man Jones. That one went. Mm. Qu- that was six games, something like that. That one happened really fast. Uh, somebody else threw out Dennis Rodman, Darren Williams, a couple of those. So, but I, you know, I to me, I I, I could see that being like a low because part of the reason why Grant Williams came here was his relationship with Luca. So, like, I mean, I would think that they wouldn't be so sensitive. Like, like if that were to happen and that were to be an indi- indication to Luca that, hey, something's off, to me that wouldn't that, – like, there has to be more behind that that Luca interpreted that as definitely, like, a a move or a slight. Like, there would have to be something else behind it because they had a good relationship before that. They did. Some people said Grant Williams is, like, the nicest Maverick they ever covered. And then you get this from Grant Williams – um, excuse me, from Tim McMahon saying yeah. he rubbed some people the wrong way. That's, uh, I mean, that's obviously somebody in the organization telling him that. Um, is there a motive behind it? Like, it's we see this with the Cowboys a lot, right? Like, you know, re- are they trying to create a narrative mm-hmm. or whatever? Like, because you, know, you don't, you don't usually see where people say, "Oh man, this because this is one of the nicest guys." Because that has been his um, uh, reputation is that he's just like he's like a sweetheart dude. Uh, and then for this to happen, it's like, okay, something doesn't add up. Before we get to the trade grades around the NBA, here is Mavs. G- Actually, should I not play this, Peyton? Will this still have the generator behind no, it? No, I turned the generator off on this one. So, okay, so good. good job. Here's Nico saying we got our goals accomplished. We had three goals coming in here. We wanted to get bigger. Um, we wanted to add to our depth in the front court and then also get some scoring punch out of the front court. So. Those were our three goals, and we feel like we're going to accomplish those. They did on paper. Yeah, yeah. They did. They I, did. I mean, look, I don't think there's much you can complain about with what they did yesterday because the draft pick that you're likely talking about that they gave well, up. Well, Bassick, though, was talking about, right, if you get rid of this first-round pick, mm-hmm. you are going to be empty. They yeah. are. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, you're always going to be – it's a little bit like the – Choppy's talked about this before with quarterbacks where you get into the purgatory of not being bad enough to be at the top and, and you know, not being good enough to contend or whatever else. They're kind of in this purgatory state right now. So, yes. to me, it is build up as best you can the supporting cast around them and lean on Kyrie and Luka being superstars. That, to me, is probably going to be your best way moving forward. And that's exactly what P.J. Washington and Gafford add here. Grades around the NBA for what the Mavericks did. Well, what's to start off? I see one here, uh, Sporting News. Remember that magazine? Yeah. I, I, that, it, was, it used to be like the it was the original ESPN, the magazine. It was bigger, but paper top instead of like the uh, the glossy yes. magazine cover. Uh, incomplete is the grade. Oh. And the write-up is they were one of the most aggressive teams at the, at the deadline. What a bold opinion. Why write anything? Why write anything? Yeah, they had a lot of winners and losers, but they said it was incomplete because, well, I'll read it. 
Uh, Gafford and Washington are both good players, but not natural fits on the roster. Uh, Gafford is almost the same player as their current center, Derek Lively. Washington isn't much of an upgrade for Grant Williams. These could end up looking good in a year, or they could reflect desperation to keep Luka happy. The same could be said for last year's swap to bring in Kyrie. Okay. They've continued to make big swings on high upside and high downside moves. None of this works. It'll be disastrous mortgaging both the present and the future. Okay. If it hits, though, maybe Luka's happier. All right, Sporting News. Hopefully you have the same fate as Sports Illustrated and you go bye-bye. Uh, if I have two Derek Lively's, I'm happy. Yeah. P.J. Washington, in my opinion, is definitely Definitely going to be better than Grant Williams. So, incomplete. Soft, soft ass take. We we do not, and uh, we'll, we'll go to. We C- don't fence ride. No, no, we do not. We'll go to uh, CBS Sports. And, and by the way, Bossman Spittle just texted in the name that one of the people in the fan text sent it to. The answer on the quickest turn was Sean Avery with the Stars. Oh yeah. They signed him to a four year deal, big free agent acquisition. He was gone in twenty three games. That was a, wow. That one yeah. melted down fast. Good call. Uh, that's a good call there. Dallas Mavericks get a D plus according to CBS Sports. Ooh. And with a D plus, they still start off the uh, summary with look, the Mavericks got better. There's no doubt about that. Okay, well then it has to be at least a C. I'm sorry. Regardless, of what else you say? I mean, they D plus say, is an upgrade from an F. They so say, that's, that's improvement. Yeah, it's improvement. It's they, passing. They say that uh, you know PJ Washington is the sort of burly forward that can shoot. That they were hoping to land with Grant Williams over the summer. It was clear that Williams' fit wasn't working, so the Mavs upgraded with a slightly better player. But remember, Washington only got three million more annually on his new contract than Williams did. Both signed last offseason. The league viewed these players as reasonably similar eight months ago. Now the difference is a lightly protected first round pick. That doesn't seem right. So CBS Sports is giving it just kind of a mid-grade. They say Daniel Gafford immediately becomes one of the best backup centers in the league now that he'll be a reserve in Dallas. So I don't see how that you come away with that because they gave up probably the 16th pick in the draft or something in a few years that that means that, oh, well, that's a D plus. Sports Illustrated, C plus. Hmm. I understand this move for Dallas more than I celebrate it. I understand this more than I celebrate it. Interesting writing. Uh, Washington undoubtedly has a higher ceiling as an individual than Grant Williams. Better score, more versatile offensively. That's great. On the other hand, even though Williams very quickly fell out of favor, he was a better fit on paper. Isn't Williams the exact kind of player Dallas needed around Luka and Kyrie, a rugged defender who could guard multiple positions, knock down open threes, and has vast playoff experience? Washington has no postseason experience, and while he has potential defensively, he is not the pest on that end of the floor, Williams is. A first-round pick is a somewhat steep price to pay for someone who seems like a slightly worse fit. How could you watch the first half of the Mavericks season and t- still talk about Grant Williams on paper versus what we actually saw? We have the evidence. We have the tape. That's Sports that Illustrated? Yes. Okay, so that, yeah. No, yeah, that, that was Sports that, Illustrated. Right. Okay, Sports so that's Chat GPT. They can't physically watch the game. <laughs> they're, they're AI writers, and so they're just going based on uh, what they think a human sounds like over there at Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Uh, you want the you want the athletic review of the trade? They don't have a uh, they don't have a review for the Gaffer trade, but they do have the Grant Williams, PJ Washington swap, and it looks pretty positive. It says this past summer the Mavericks execute a sign and trade uh, to acquire Williams on a four-year, fifty-three million dollar deal while giving up Reggie Bullock, first-round pick. Uh, half a season later, he has moved on. By moving him in exchange for Washington, the Mavs hope they have improved their front court to a better complement for Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Washington isn't burly like Williams, but he's sleek and capable of being more fluid on offense. They give this grade. They say this should be an upgrade for the Mavs, but it costs them a first-round pick to correct a questionable summer move. The grade is a B. 
We got one. We got we one. Got one. And, and while we don't have any, I don't. I haven't seen the comments yet specifically, there is a lot of people chattering on Twitter that last night apparently Barkley was really in favor of what the Mavericks did, that Barkley thought they got a lot better. Nice. All right. Well, I don't know. So Barkley knows thing. better than Chat GPT and Cody yeah. Benjamin over at CBS or whoever that was. 877-881-1053 is the truckwork.com text line. Man, I got a lot of issues with this Kobe statue. Apparently this was one of three. They were getting unveiled, and I knew something was up when Vanessa Bryant stood up at the podium and she said, basically, Kobe chose this pose in case any of y'all have any S to say about it. So she knew. There would be talk. There would be talk, Mm. and it's just Kobe basically standing there with, like, a finger in the air, like, number one. Does it say anything about Kobe that he chose Yes, yeah, I don't moment. care. I don't care if he chose the pose. It's still a bad pose. It's still dumb. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but does it say anything about him that he chose his defining moment as a statue to be the eighty-one point game? Nothing from a championship. Yeah, weren't they? Nothing from they a shot. Nothing year? about his style. It's like, yeah, when I did eighty-one, that's what I wanted to be. But that was what a lot of people thought about Kobe, right? People conveniently, because he passed away tragically, want to be fake and pretend like they never criticized him for being an MJ copycat. Want to be selfish, Shaq run off the team. They all forget about that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but I just, there's nothing cool about that pose to me. And but I can't come up with a signature Kobe. Pose. There's a you know I, I see a lot of I just I just did a Google image search of Kobe right. Um, a lot of it is like there's a there, and, and I I did think of this the classic my photo of like Kobe like he's dry he's dribbling he's driving he's got his left arm out going around a defender he's got his tongue kind of trying to do the MJ thing mm. that to me would be much better than this. this is nothing this is just him holding up the number one yeah it's very it's very odd very terrible this- and, yeah. That that's the Kobe pose I think of. That's the one that I think, yeah. and I think that's a good statue with the, ja- with the leather yeah, jacket. He's got, he's got the jacket on, and he's holding the Larry O'Brien trophy. And he's kind of just. I'm you not know, sure I've ever seen that. I would what? I, I I may I have, and I just never resonated with me. I would have done him standing on the the table inside of Staples, maybe like this, because yeah. that's kind of like a you know heavenly type thing with the arms out extended like that i would have i would have maybe done that or or when he when i when he joined me on mavs post game <laughs> and he left his Gatorade bottle yeah uh there it could have been just you know the Gatorade bottle that would have been another <laughs> good statue i i like this one i think this should have been the statue him looking like he's licking the trophy no it would have been you with your tongue out exactly that's why i'm in favor of he it he could have copied michael again all right um it's Sean and RJ live from Radio Row here on DFW Sports Station, brought to you by A Number One Air. I just got another text message. Well, saying that the Mike Zimmer deal is not done yet. What is going on with this? Next, worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Yesterday I was uh, ready to celebrate. It was absolutely perfect. I said I'm going to go get a cocktail. I'm going to relax on my own for a little bit at the casino bar. And I'm walking there before dinner by myself, catch up with my parents, and I see Brian brought us. Eric and Zach, they tell me that Mike Zimmer has been hired. I'm like, here we go, here we go. And I'm like, give me all the drinks. Give me $20 cocktails. Here we go. Um, And then I eat dinner, and I'm celebrating, and we're all, well, I wasn't happy. I was with Bobby. But that's a good time. Then right before I go to sleep, someone I really, really trust with the Cowboys texts me and says, just so you know, the deal is not done yet. McCarthy texts you like that? No, I, yeah, he texts Tom Palacero like that. <laughs> NFL Network, the guy who broke the story. Um, and I was like, okay, a little bit weird. And then I wake up and I'm like, what? No, this is a done deal. And then I just got another text from a different person about 15, 20 minutes ago saying Daddy. it's still being <laughs> held up a little bit. So Bobby Belt, Cowboys insider, what gives, bro? So I I typically feel like when these sort of things happen, when when you get any sort of like, oh, look, look, it's not done yet. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Usually that's naturally uh, skittish people who are who are just a little like, oh, nothing's done yet. Let's not jinx this. Paranoid people. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit of paranoid. Now, could something go sideways? I would assume so. I think Pelissero reporting on any hire with the Cowboys is about as strong as you can get. Because so, he's the one who did the analytical offseason Mike Makeover piece, right? Yeah, he, it was him and Peter King. And uh, then uh, Jay Glazer doing his own thing behind the scenes. So those three, uh, you can say thank you uh, for, for the Mike McCarthy hire. Um, but I, I think that if, if Pelissero is saying that's done, I would be willing to bet that's pretty much done. That that seems like a pretty strong endorsement. This isn't Jake Fisher reporting this. This is uh, this is Tom Pelissero, and he's got a beat on anything that the Cowboys do. And as long as Mike McCarthy isn't in that building, Tom Pelissero is going to have a pretty good beat on anything the Cowboys do. And I was extra pumped up because Darren Woodson was on the fan out here at Radio Row, and poor Darren Woodson not getting into the Hall of Fame again last night. But Woody getting me hype on G-Bag, talking about what the Cowboys would be getting in Zim. I can't tell you how many times this year he and I talked about football. Like, every week. Like, every week he's calling about so-and-so and and this and that. And he's just so engaged in the game that, you know, again, I'm biased by it. But, you know, if you want someone that's going to shock the system, he's not going to be your best friend. He's just not. I mean, he and I became friends after a long time because it was a respect factor that ended up being a friendship. But he's tough. Uh, hard-nosed, uh, some players will not want to play uh, uh, for him because, you know, he's going to, the expectations are going to be harder than they, they've, uh, they've, they've expected in the last few years. Sure. But he knows the game better than anyone, and, and he's going to coach hard. And I think that, to me, that's the shock this team needs. Music to my ears. Why? Because of this exact clip from Demarcus Lawrence yesterday that had Cowboy Tolos Heads popping off. 
losing their minds after Shannon Sharp asked Tank, why aren't you guys playing in this game? You mentioned how you wish your team was here. Mm -hmm. What happened and why your team isn't here? Uh, all honesty, I think the main thing is we was burned out, man. Uh, you know, long season, um, team dominantly healthy throughout the season. You know, um, the legs get tired, but also, um, you know, you got to give hats off to Green Bay, man. They came out with a great game plan, um, you know, rolling out towards Micah and then running away from me. I feel like, you know, that's, that's what they needed to, you know, get their game started, and they jumped on us fast. Burn. <laughs> out how can you expect the rangers to win a world series after they just played 162 games right? <laughs> that's a lot you understand lot. how many more games that is than what the rays played or the astros mm. this is lot. gonna this is gonna become the cowboys offseason version of no one's dying yeah we have multiple ones though choppy we got we got mike mccarthy this team is so freaking delusional they they just they, they it's like do you listen to what you say do you listen to what you say? And it goes back to what Mark Slareth was talking about an hour ago. Like, all these things add up and tell you the story. It explains it. Uh, from Jerry Jones bringing Mike back to saying, no, we're going all in. To Mike McCarthy saying, championship program here. We do have a championship program and set up. We just can't even get to the NFC championship. And now DeMarcus Lawrence saying, no, we're just, we're just burnt, burnt out. And, 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 let me, tired, and let me say one more thing to the Cowboy Homer and defenders, because there's like five or six of them. He's not going to, what do you want him to do? You want him to throw his team under the bus? You don't have to throw them under the bus if you are doing that in your answer. I want you to come up with a better answer because the answer was so stupid to say, oh, just burnt, just burn out, man. I, 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 just, I, just, I just didn't have the legs for it anymore. You can't come up with another thing to say uh, as, as people are like, you know Tank Lawrence doesn't feel that way. He usually calls, calls people out more so than anyone else. Like, I'm, 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 I'm more upset with, like, the intelligence of the response than I am the, the actual response that he, he may not have meant. Good well, gosh. he may have meant it. Like, he, he may be right. He may. He, he may be accurate. Like, yeah, that really may be it. Like, they may have been tired. And, it, it, and that's, if that's the truth, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine. If it's the truth, I'm fine with it. I'd rather him say that than give some phony answer. That, I'm not that, fine, fine with, with that them being a reality. running out of gas. This team didn't if, even if play second halves if, of the ass whippings they gave to the yeah, scrubs they beat up. I'm not saying I'm okay with, like, that being the issue. I'm saying if he's telling the truth, I'm fine with him telling the truth. If, if he's telling the truth, several people should have been fired this offseason. Because because that's your your Where's You're giving your team yeah. a competitive disadvantage over yeah. 31 others. Look, I mean, because in all honesty, it's not like this. I is thought a, Mike tracked all the GPSs. Yeah, that, I thought we had the Garmin out. Yeah. Is, isn't, isn't this a isn't this a football team that we keep talking about how finesse they are? Like it's not like some team that like boy we played all these bruising battles. We just we yeah. you know we, we we got into these trench wars every week and it takes a toll on you and you get tired and you know if anything I think you could say whatever fatigue may have set in was mental fatigue because that's the biggest thing Maybe. I feel like I feel like there's a lack of mental toughness at times with with some players on this team and that's an issue. So this is part of the reason I was like bring in Belichick. Although this week talking to some people has like made me back off of that a little bit. Bring in Belichick, you know, Mike Zimmer, uh, crack the heads. Emmett Smith yesterday on CBS Sports Radio said, uh, Jerry Jones ain't working with Bill Belichick. No. Jerry can't work with Belichick. Come on, man, quit fooling yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry couldn't even work with, 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 with Jimmy at the time. I mean, but I believe, but 
I say that being very facetious. Jerry can work with almost anybody. He can. He can. But I just cannot see Belichick coming in and being the coach that the Cowboys need. Okay. So there's Emmett on that. He'll sit down with us live at 9.15 this morning. Man, what a response from The Rock. We talked about oh, this. Oh, gosh. This kind of blew up on the truckwreck.com text line as you were recapping this drama with The Rock and Cody Rhodes and all the uh, – all, all, all the uh, the booger eaters. Yep. So, but yeah, a little <laughs> brief, brief backstory. Yesterday, Kevin Hagan, by the way, sitting here at our additional broadcast mm-hmm. table, and he did his one-on-one with Tony Khan and everything. There was and a Conor Con- McGregor. Yeah, Conor McGregor uh, lookalike was walking around here. <laughs> yeah. I guess he was some wrestler. But this thing, this thing has blown up. Yeah. So, very brief backstory. Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble. He's supposed to get the title shot against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Uh, but you know. There's, there was talk that there may have been an injury involved, but there, that 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 went kind of away. The maybe Rock he was fatigued, like the, uh, maybe was. Lawrence. Who knows? The Rock step, you know. Uh, <laughs> now the Rock is going to have uh, this shot against um, uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and a lot of people got upset that they took, they ripped it away, they robbed Cody Rhodes of his chance, and now the Rock's getting booed, even at events the Rock's not at. He wasn't at Raw this week. He got booed. Rocky sucks. Rocky sucks. He got booed at a house show. All right. Well, he was here yesterday. Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm sitting here and I'm in the gym and I see up on the TV The Rock on uh, with Pat McAfee. I was like, oh, I texted you guys like, oh my god, The Rock's on Radio Row. I said RR because I'm cool like that uh, in the text. <laughs> I didn't say Radio Row. It's just too many letters. All right. I see you know how much time I saved by not typing out those extra seven letters. Yes. Tons of time. Yes. All the time in the world. Uh, but he's here at Radio Row and he had a message, a brief. But ferocious message. I loved it. For the Cody Rhodes fan base. I love Cody. I love his passionate fans. Then there's the other passionate uh-huh. fans yeah. of Cody. Yep. And they're called the, uh, what's that? Oh, Cody Crybabies. Yeah. Oh, that's what they're called. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. got it. I didn't, I didn't know the name that was coming. It was God. the Cody Crybabies. Yeah, okay. And these are grown ass men. And uh, Cody got to finish his story. <laughs> he got to finish yes. his story right now. It's like, wait a second. Hold on. Hey, Dad, you want to go outside and play catch with me? Not now. Cody's done. <laughs> and I'm upset. The wife comes in. Hey, honey, do you want to go have sex? Not now. Cody's got to finish his story. At the end of the day, Look, you got the Cody crybabies, and you have the Cody fans, and then you have Cody himself, and there's a clear distinction between the three. But The Rock says this. Those Cody crybabies, the ones for every 10 tweets, they're shoving a chicken McNugget in their mouth. <laughs> for every 20 tweets, they're shoving two McNuggets up. What? The Rock says this. All you got to do is sit back, know your role, shut your mouth, and enjoy the ride that The Rock is going to take your candy asses on. So hashtag that. Hashtag shut your ashes up. Hashtag Cody crybabies. I mean, it's that was amazing. Tremendous. That was so good. I I love what he's saying. The know your role, shut your mouth, candy asses didn't have the same punch. He he didn't. I I will say that hearing that clip, reading it is different than hearing it. It's like, oh, it didn't have the same rock punch. He's got to have that fire inside of him. He's got to have the rock fire. And I don't know that I felt it there. It's that right there is like, you know, he went right back into character. I agree. A little out of practice. All right. And when he came in to Raw a couple of weeks back out of nowhere, this is before anybody had an idea, and that huge pop. And, and he got in there and he got into a little bit of a tiff, a little fight, right? Well, you could see he was visibly out of breath. 
<laughs> he's in great shape, but he's not in wrestling shape. Right. And that just goes to show you, you could have any kind of like build you want, but there's a different shape for each sport, each activity. Yeah. And he, he was just moving different. He's too big, right? He's moving a little bit different. So I don't know what kind of wrestler he's going to be at WrestleMania, but you can't hate him. You can't find Is he too nice? Is he a little fake sometimes, like an A-Rod element? Yeah, sure. But, like, dude, like, he went right back into character. I loved it. I thought he was going to be apologetic and worried. And yeah. then I was, boom, he went right at him. You, you, the you best. thought we were going to get the, the John Cena Mandarin apology? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the That's best right. heel ever. The best. Who? The Rock. The best heel. The best. I mean, nobody played the part better. All right, we're talking about the Cowboys being soft, lacking toughness, and that's why we wanted to sit down with our next guest. RJ wanted to do it to relive his party days from college, but he's an all-time badass, and I would love for the Cowboys to get some of this at running back. Jamal Lewis, Super Bowl champ, Ravens 30 for 30 documentary, and he's opening up about a subject guys don't want to talk about. Jamal Lewis in the A number one air hot seat next. Sitting down with us now in the home of the Cowboys in the A number one air hot seat. I grew up in this state where this guy played. <laughs> you went to college in the state where this guy played. Jamal Lewis on 105.3 The Fan. What's up, Howard? You looking fresh out here? Hey, man, I'm good. I had to wear my white, you know, my white button down, Lulu Lemon, make me look slim. You know what I'm saying? That's Lulu? Yeah, yeah. Man. Is that why you wanted him? No, because I didn't. Because of I didn't. balls and Lulu? <laughs> That's right. Tennessee and Lulu, right? <laughs> You don't look nearly as intimidating with the glasses on, though. Oh, yeah, this, oh. this is a new thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is a new thing. Keep the light down a little bit. Uh, when, when, I, when I look at you and think of your game, uh, we're, we're suffering in DFW, lack of physicality, lack of running game. You keeping up with the Cowboys? Oh, the, yeah. the, the, the running in today's NFL, what are your thoughts on it? And are you happy, money aside, that you played when you played with the importance on the position? Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, when I played, you know, you had featured running backs. You know, now you have running back by committee, but a lot of that is due to just what's going on in the league and they're throwing the ball around. So you need guys that can can uh, get out there and line up in the slot or run routes and do this, that, and the other. I was thinking, you know, why – why pass it to a guy when you can just run it and hand it to him, you know? But at the same time, it's just the dynamics are different. Uh, you don't have the same running backs that you used to have. Um, you know, you know that's why you got to have a running back by committee with two or three because the durability is not there or whatever, which drives the price down as well on a guy. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's different, you know. You just – I look, you know, I look at these guys, uh, you know, um, that, that that's playing now and uh, – you know, they're just not the, not the same. Yeah, it's like back 15, 20 years ago, every team had a, a power running back. Right. And right. now you, I mean, you have Marion Barber or you, and now it's there's maybe three or four in the whole league, right? And that's like, is that about it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I think it's, it's mainly just due to, you know, what these guys want and what the teams want now. Offense coordinator don't want uh, a 6'1", you know, 230-pound running back. You know, they rather have the smaller guy that they can line up and get a mismatch on a linebacker and have him run a choice route or something like that uh, to keep the ball moving down the field versus just handing it off. So it's just different. So one of the things we've been debating over the last couple of days, uh, Tony Pollard, our running back here in Dallas, made some news when, when yesterday he found out that a <laughs> week after Dan Quinn got his head coaching job in Washington, he just found out the defensive coordinator had left. I'm curious, you in Baltimore, you had a very prominent defensive coordinator, Marvin Lewis, when you were there. Had he gotten a job, would you have? You would have known sooner than a week that he had left the building, right? Um, probably. Well, I think I probably would, but 
I can see how you can miss that. You know what I mean? Because it is a defensive side of the ball, you yeah. know, or whatever. So you really don't keep up with them like that, you know. Uh, but you're still on the team. They didn't know what the hell's going on, you know, <laughs> uh, with your guys. Jamal, how many guys that play don't actually, like, love football or, like, really follow it a ton? Uh, I'm one of those guys. Really? I never, I never watched football when I grew up. I never just, you know, I just played the game. Hmm. That was it. Um, so You watch I, now, more now? Uh, if, if it's on, you know, if I watch, I'm watching the running backs. I'm watching the systems, the offensive systems. What are they doing now? What's changing, whatever. That's the only reason I watch, but I'm not a big – I'm not just a big fan of, like, just watching the game. When you watch, like – because, you know, everything trickles down from college or trickles up from college. And they run, like, three, three fives in college. Have we, we're not gonna, are we going to see that eventually in the NFL? Uh, Yeah, eventually you got to because that's where it all comes from. You know, that's why you got – you know, nowadays, you know, you got these guys on the sidelines putting in the plays in college or whatever eventually – you're going to end up seeing that, you know, in the pros even more because you have to cater to what you're getting and what you're recruiting and what you're drafting. And if you're drafting these guys and this is how they're used to it, then eventually these offensive coordinators, defense coordinators or whatever coaches, they're going to be brought up too. And you got to teach these guys the same way, you know. You know, we, t- we talk about the running back position and how it's been a little bit devalued. Who are the guys, though, at the position, since you say that's one that you still follow pretty closely, who are the guys in the league right now that you look at and say, like, oh, oh that's a guy who, who you know, is, is elite. That's a guy who I think could have played in any era. Well, I don't know any guys like that that I would say. But, you know, Montgomery, he plays well. But he still fit the, 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 the you know, what this era brings as a running back. But he's he can run it, you know, and he can get downhill. And he runs north and south. Um, Jameer, that, you know, and um, Bijan, the young guys. This is a group of young guys that, that are real good, and I think that, that, that are going to go a good little good ways in this league. Former NFL running back Jamal Lewis, you were in that 30 for 30, right? Yeah. yeah. What was that like, re-watching it and filming it? It was, it, it was honestly interesting because there's a lot of stuff you forgot, you know. And that's what was good about it, watching some of the old film and some of the old tapes and stuff like that that they was bringing up, some of the questions that they were asking, you know, behind the scenes. It was like, you know, they had to really remind you, you know, of what, what, what happened. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. But it, it, it was a lot of, you know, things that, were, that, that you forgot about, you know, and, and bringing those guys together and, you know, rest in peace, Saragusa, uh, whatever. But it was, uh, it, was a, it was a good time. I want to know, like, because I think of you just as a badass, you know, with the way that you ran. Tennessee. It's for Go Balls. No, Baltimore. Right. Go Balls, but That's right. <laughs> Baltimore made him a badass. We dodged, we dodged bullets out there, Baltimore. <laughs> Who's on your Jamal Lewis, like, all-time badass team? The guys that you played against or just hard, tough sons of guns that you played with? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, of course, the Ray Lewis. I can, a bunch of guys on my team in Baltimore. Yeah. But but, you know, just even Al Wilson I played with in college. Yes, like, sir. he was just dominating, you know. Um, but guys I played against, the Warren Saps, um, the uh, uh, linebacker just went to the Hall uh, of Fame, uh, uh, Zach, Zach, Zach Thomas. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. these guys that we played against, you, you get your damn head knocked off, you know, running through there high and a lot of this bad, bad uh, uh, positioning and bad football some of these guys play now. Um, Technique-wise, you get your head torn off, you know, back then, you know. Do you think the league has done enough 
um, in changing the rules, like to protect the players' head injuries and such. Oh yeah, they've done it. They've done. They've done a lot. They've done a lot. Um, it's just enforcing it and driving it, you know, to the to the to the youth level, so it can kind of roll up. Um, but you know, there are some things they need to really hone in on as far as guys actually getting hurt and reporting it and things of that mm-hmm. nature. But uh, but they're getting better. It's, I think the league is safer. Football period is safer than it's ever been. Would you rather play on grass or turf? Grass. <laughs> can you grass. tell it that next day you can tell a difference? Oh, yeah, big time. Because the league keeps telling us, Jerry Jones on our show all the time and Roger Goodell, all the stats show the injuries. But like 92% of players that came out yesterday said no. We want to play on the natural surface. It's yeah. better for us, no it doubt. Is. It, it, it is. It's just natural. It gives the way it needs to give other than manufactured turf and how that goes or whatever. But you got to think about it. It's an economics thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's how much does it cost to, you know, go in and redo 100 yards of just in between the hashes, right, you know, mid-season. So, and the upkeep. You know, and everything in that is just, you know, but at the same time, you lose a damn, you know, much, much of these guys get paid now, you lose a $100 yeah. million dollar guy, then, you, you know, you, you would have rather had grass, right? Um, but it does, the, the, the turf has caused a lot of the injuries, um, a lot of the concussions as well, um, not just, you know, orthopedic injuries, but concussions also. So, so just from a general, like, forget the knee, just a soreness the next day, is it like the knees that you feel it the most in on turf? Is it back? Or your lower back. Lower back. Low, lower back, hamstrings. Um, just stand around, man. Go, go out there and stand on grass for four hours. Or I'm talking just standing. I ain't yeah. talking about running. Stand on turf for four hours and tell me how you feel. Just standing, you know. When you come out here, you have a group of old players, or guys you catch up with or try to make an appointment, or are you in and out? I'm in and out. Well, well. Coming out here, I, I come to Vegas a lot, you know, oh. anyway. But now, you know, it's probably a lot going on, a lot of people. But, you know, seeing a lot of familiar faces and a lot of uh, coaches and, and even media guys here that you've talked to over the years and that you've built bonds with and, and former players as well that you played against and everything else, uh, I like I like coming out here being in this environment. Jamal Lewis here on the fan. So give us a tour. It's our, our last night here. We're from Texas. Where, where do we need to go? What do we need to do? Where, do, where should we hit as a Vegas vet? Oh, man. Oh, wow. So It can be, it can be PG or non-PG. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I just, you know, I, I like to go, you know, to the casinos. You know, MGM is a good one. Uh, the win. Um, Bellagio, of course. You know, I, I go to those places a lot. The high roller, you know, high stakes areas. Privé, the bar there okay. um, at Bellagio. I hang out there. But the clubs, you know, of course, you got the excesses and all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. But. I, I do that, but I'm not. I don't do that as much as I used to anymore, right? <laughs> dice, you know, listening game. to the music, it, you know. Now I'm. I I was dice, but roulette. That's my thing. All right, tell us what you're doing, Jamal. Um, of course, mind body optimization. It's becoming more and more of a topic over the years. Guys like yourself uh, are, are more willing to talk about it. So take us through it and what you're here to share. So I think uh, mind body o uh, mind body o dot com basically just bringing mental health to the masses. Uh, bringing the awareness, um, you know, and bringing everything up under one roof as well. So from a therapist standpoint to having a psychiatrist as well, is, that's the combination that you need in order to diagnose, you know, mental illness or put together that protocol that you need. But to kind of shorten that time frame and shorten that, you know, 
because, uh, you know, finishing playing ball or whatever, you know, having concussions, having to deal with depression and these different things, being able to go talk to somebody um, and let these things off or whatever, you know, being able to do this under one roof, it, it just eliminates a lot of the time spent. And a lot of guys, that's what you're doing. You're having to go here. Then three weeks later, you got to go there. Then three weeks later, you got to go here. But this is bringing everything together and just letting guys know that it's okay not to be okay, right? So talk to one another. You're feeling a certain kind of way. It is not, it's not going to make you a weak man to, you know, cry or to have an issue that you're dealing with, whether it's your, your relationship, whether it's life, whether it's your job or whatever. Just getting that off, it, 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 just, it just helps big time. And it's also, you know, if you read there, you know, men are four times more likely to commit suicide than women. Like, that's that's just crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the reason why is because, you know, we have a responsibility, and especially as an athlete, you know, you take care of everybody. You know, you got your family, you got your team, you got, you know, your, your friends, you know, and, and everybody that you have to, and, and you got to be that so you can't really show that emotion you can't show that weakness or whatever but hey look it's all right you know and you can do that and i think that's what we're trying to you know spread the awareness about and mindbodyo.com is where you can find any any more information or get involved in it and it's actually in, in starting out in the texas area oh really yeah Jamal Lewis, all-time badass running back here on the home of the Cowboys in the A number one air hot seat. You ever make it back to Knoxville a lot? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the place to be. Yes, Have you ever is. been to a game in Knoxville? No. If you go to a game in Knoxville, you won't, you won't care about any other game at any other stadium. I don't care if it's pro or if it's college. Well, He's right. Not, He's right. Now, did you go at the same time? You know the same yeah. hot spots back in the day? We, uh, we got there the same year, 97, right? 97, you were 97, yeah. 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 The, strip. We, the strip. the strip. We right? did. Charlie Peppers was, let's see, Charlie Peppers. That's not there <laughs> Charlie, anymore. That's Charlie, not there anymore. Yeah, so none, of, none of the places are there anymore. Uh, uh, the old Charlie's was Oh, right Charlie's. There. Yep. Yeah, those none of those places fun. are there anymore, nah, man. Nah, you got to go to Old City. You got to go yep. down to the old city yep. now. They've moved everything around. So, Hey, man, we love having you on every year. Thank you for sitting down with us and enjoy the rest of the week. Absolutely. You guys do the same. Jamal Lewis here on 105.3 The Fan. Don't know if you guys are actually aware of this, but there is a game on Sunday. What? Let's actually pick it, and RJ's going to tell you how to bet all of it. Plus, someone is already pranking the San Francisco Team Hotel. (laughs) What member of the fan staff could it have been? Who is winning the Super Bowl? The RJ Choppy Degenerate is here to help you make money off of it as well in Vegas. Final hour of the week is next on Sean and RJ. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 